For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick O'Dell. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is a soundbite-free edition of the Greg DeMarco Show, at least for Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. So I – it's funny because, you know, usually when, this, the, when the opening is going, you all have some form of reaction to the opening. Head bob, a little bit of uh, – just something to go along with sabotage and, and a snicker at some of the sound bites that are within the opening. And this time it's just like nothing. Everybody's just doing their thing. No idea what's playing in the background. So weird technical stuff today. Everything works except Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales cannot hear the sound bites that you all hear. I've seen that on other podcasts. I've listened to other podcasts where it's obvious that the other members of the crew of a podcast cannot hear, um, you know, cannot hear the sound bites, but they can hear everything else. So it sounds like we have that problem today, but we will carry on. Without uh, this is the Greg DeMarco show, part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find over at thechairshot.com for Patrick and Miranda Morales. This is where I play the Chairshot soundbite. Thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Like we heard part of it. Yeah. You heard part of it. Yeah. Yeah. We heard the beginning of it. We heard a little bit of uh, really the beginning, weird. and it faded out. So you hear, that's really strange. Huh. Oh, well, I mean, nothing we can do about it now. I mean, there could be, but then we would just never, like, like Patrick would be up to one in the morning. It would literally be the whole show of you just tinkering with things that nobody else would know. Right. And this is not a learn how to record a podcast the, podcast. So The, the, the soundbite episode of the Greg DeMarco show. Right. 
Actually, there won't be. It's a soundbite-free episode. I mean, we'll play certain things, but and we'll play commercials, and I'll just have to let you guys know when we do whatever we do. To the listener, should not be an issue. Um, but but some people might See, be listening, and they'll be like, "This is where you should play the case song for Patrick." But I'm like, I can't because he doesn't hear it, and we don't get the reaction. And yeah. But I, I'm going to reflect back on on a little bit of our pre-show banter that nobody heard. Miranda, what if this is a trap? That's what I'm saying. Explain. You, could you I'm just, I'm just saying you, you wield this, you have this power right now where you can, like, I'm talking along, and right now probably oh. the K song is playing while I don't hear it. As now he figures it out, so now I've actually created the problem. You have created the problem. Yes, you have. So that's my problem. Awesome. I, I came to. Okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. Oh, okay. I'm playing it right now. Yeah. Playing. You don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, it was all yes. garbled. Like, yeah. This is beyond. Very. I can't wait to hear the recording tomorrow because now I actually have a reason to listen to some to the show more than just to give myself my my criticism and get mad at you know all the ums and and errs and uggs. Now I get to see how Greg DeMarco trolled Miranda Morales and Patrick O'Dowd on the Greg DeMarco show. But see, you won't. And here's why. I basically came up with a self-serving concept for this week's show. And why would I, far be it for me to take away from the self-serving concept of this week's show. Because, dude, dude, we talked about this three episodes ago and how your ego is huge, though. Like, again, I'm, I'm not completely buying it. Like I'm mostly because this sounds like an idea you're excited about. I guess uh, you just have to wait and see. Hmm. You just have to wait and see, along with everybody I else, just, except everybody I might else. Choose is the mark as played option uh, and just like say I listen to it. Just mark it as if I listen to it. I mean, why even do that then? Do you actually do that? Do you mark them as played so they don't come up? Well. Because I'm too lazy to like really dig into my uh, Apple Music settings, and like with with our network, for example, we have so many shows, and I don't I, just like I'm sure most of the the members of this network, most of us don't listen to every single show on our on our network. There's a few I skip, uh, but I don't want to take them completely out of a rotation. But my Apple my Apple iTunes or um, Apple Podcast, if the option's there it'll automatically play it until I'm out of new podcasts to listen to out of new material, unless I mark it as played. Gotcha. So either way, you know, I, I, I just don't, I just, I use Google podcasts and I don't have any of those problems. So there you go. Android one, iPhone zero. Not really, but okay. Miranda and I are team Android. So Patrick, that's fine. Sure. Yes. You do. You do. One of the few. I know. That's what, when when we do the hashtag Miranda show, we might be the only podcast in the world where everybody on the pod, nobody on the podcast has an iPhone. That's probably true at this you, point. You I mean, put that in I the don't opening. use the iPhone for the pod. Actually, that's not true. I've done a couple of them on the phone. I was now, like, yeah, you too. Acknowledge me. All right. Anyway, Chairshot Radio Network, Chairshot.com. Always use your head. 
At Chairshot Greg, at, pa- at Patrick O'Dowd. That'd be funny if you suddenly changed it. At Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. No I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick with the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd, at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Facebook and Instagram, but no Twitter because she is the Twitterless heroine amongst a million other nicknames that you will hear during the opening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show, also found on this very Chair Shot Radio Network. This week, as you have seen in the title of the episode, is is the very Greg DeMarco, egotistical, self-serving, what should Greg say, what will Greg say, where we will take the, the when, when we pick a pay-per-view, we follow the who should win, who will win model, because I believe that is best for discussion, because sometimes that's what's more fun, and also nobody else does it, although I've seen other shows on our network even, kind of rip off that concept a little bit, but we will stick with it. So I've got some topics today, and and what we're going to do is have Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales give us what, what I should say about this topic, and then what I will say about this topic. It's a unique way to let them both share their opinion on the topic, and also see how well they know me, and what my opinion would be on the topic. And then, of course, we'll talk about my opinion and then we'll have an opportunity to just talk about it in general. I've got five. My gut instinct is that we won't get through all five. Maybe Miranda steals them for content on the hashtag Miranda show. Who knows? But um, we will get through those, at least two of them, somewhat hot topics in the world of wrestling and, and on the internet right now. So we'll have a lot of fun with those and a lot of opportunity to talk about those. So let's just dig right in. Without further ado, I'll play a random soundbite that that these guys may or may not hear. Followed by a second one. Dave, it's me, Dave. That you can go back and then if if you want to hear soundbites. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. For those of you listening in your homes right now while we record this, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. We'll go with a minimum of three topics. I will give you the topic, what Greg should say, what Greg will say, um, and we'll see how it goes. So we'll start with Miranda Morales, and we'll, we'll take turns. But topic number one is, of course, a very, very hot topic in the world of professional wrestling right now, thanks to the events of Monday Night Raw, the events that actually caused me to watch the entire episode of Monday Night Raw. Sasha Banks and Naomi reportedly walk out of Monday Night Raw over displeasure with the booking of their tag team. This is topic number one, Miranda Morales. What should I say about this, and what will I say about this? What should you say? Oh, hold on. Do you hear this echo, or is it just me? I do not hear an echo. Okay, because I just heard an echo right now. Uh, and I'm not trying to stall. But I am stalling. But now the echo's gone away. I feel like this whole episode is gaslighting. Uh, is it on us? Am I going crazy? I don't. I, I mean, don't. yes. Yes, you are. But not for this reason. I've been witnessing it for almost four years now. Yes. but That is true. Fair enough. Okay. It has nothing to do with the, the audio issues of a podcast. For now. But what should you say? What will you say? I mean, I feel like what you will say, and you've talked about this before is the cycle of 
you know, being able to somewhat like not survive booking, but going through the booking cycle that things in wrestling are cyclical. And sometimes you have some high moments and sometimes you go through maybe some not so great moments or maybe some, you know, uh, creative, you know, gaps. And people who have the longest careers, people who have the the most sustaining careers are people who can live through that life cycle. So I have a feeling that some of what you're going to say is related to that, that, you know, for them to have these longer careers or, or, you know, to, to have these long lasting careers, it is being able to go through this life cycle of that. Um, maybe blame wrestling news with a Z. I'm not sure because there's a million other there's so much speculation out there about what's happening. So maybe there's some jabs out there about that. I mean, what what you should say, and I guess if this is where we project on our thoughts, and this is where we share our thoughts about this. Yeah, I'm you went backwards. In some ways, yes. Okay. yes. Well, I don't. I went backwards because you know I'm I'm figuring this out as you're gaslighting me um, throughout tonight's episode. Um, I, I would say that in some ways it's understandable when you go through such a, a process direction you're going in. And as you've talked about, sometimes that's done intentionally so that stars are somewhat left in the dark or just don't, you don't get filled on all the details one because plans change, but two to help kind of prevent things from leaking. And, and sometimes, you know, maybe after a while that just gets to you or maybe, you know, for, for in their case, whatever the reason may be, again, there's a lots of information out there about why they're, what, why, what happened exactly, um, you know, in, in some ways there's only so much that maybe people can take after a while. And if they aren't having their needs, their, their needs met professionally, you know, maybe there's where this breaking point is. And we've seen Sasha, you know, who's already asked to leave before, who's already tried to leave. Um, so th- I know there's some part of her that maybe, you know, has, has, been not so happy but i think in some ways maybe it's just more of this level of understanding that i think a lot of people are thinking man they're just so lucky to have a job but if you're not happy with what's going on and you've been in this cycle for years now maybe it isn't the place for you and maybe it is time to step away and there's nothing wrong with that personally if that's what you decide maybe how you do it isn't the you know the best professionally but i also don't blame them if they truly are unhappy with really a lot of you know constant moving around and and unknowns about their their places and their jobs patrick o'dowd so when I think about what I when I think about what Greg should say, I or you know, kind of basically my opinion on a thing. First thing that came to my mind was it's not terrible for for wrestlers to advocate for their, themselves and their 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 role. Like I think that that is a healthy part of a creative process. Uh, and so I think that for me initially, the, the idea that they, they weren't in love like Sasha and Naomi, like let's make sure that we're saying both. I know that Sasha's 
history is is much louder. But both both of these folks are here tangoing in this particular in, in this particular dance. They and if you want to believe, you know, statements put out by I think it was Naomi that uh, of I, of what what was supposed to happen that night versus what was who knows maybe it wasn't Naomi or maybe it's a rumor I don't know I was reading a lot of Twitter today, um, but basically this idea that you you want to be able to have some role in your creative is not a bad thing and not necessarily a bad thing and I do think is encouraged more than folks give it credit for it within the WWE. Do I think they should have taken their ball and go home? No, if you will. Like I don't. I don't think that was necessarily the right way to do it. However, if if it was the sort of thing where you felt you needed to make a stand, you know, this is or or a statement. I mean, this is certainly one of those that will will attract attention on some level. I'm very interested to know why the WWE felt this time was a time to put out a, a statement to the news sites, which leads me into a little bit of me wondering what Greg will say. And just for funsies, having Greg say it was a work like the Montreal screw job. And, mm, yeah. uh, and, and that this is an attempt to use our good friends at fightful at pro wrestling, whatever, every insider website, our good friend Dave, and everyone under the sun to further something. Who knows what that is just yet? But that I mean, it definitely generated a buzz for the for those two. Different, definitely made some news, and so I, I'm going to say Greg's going to call call it some level uh, of of a work, even if it is with a uh, with a nugget of truth to what happened in the sense that maybe that there was a. Uh, disagreement over creative that they you know went to whoever they went to john laurinitis apparently is who they walked out on so i kind of blended them man sorry you did no it's okay you did and and i think it's fine i do so i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with the news with a z aspect of this because i definitely had planned to discuss that surprisingly i believe the news with a z in this case is largely news with an S. I don't believe there's a lot of bullshit going on here. A couple reasons. Number one, once all this stuff came out, specifically the statement from someone who's linked to Naomi, which is what you were talking about, the tweets that you were talking about, that kind of detailed their side of the story. Neither Sasha Banks nor Naomi did a single thing to dispute that. And I would imagine both of them would. Now... Naomi actually follows me on Twitter and I didn't dare shoot her a message and ask her any questions about it. She wouldn't follow me on Twitter anymore. Um, She followed me before I followed her. It was because there was some discussion about her with an article that was in the chair shot a couple years ago. Let to Naomi following me and the rest is history. Um, Very appreciative. Of course, she can take the place of the likes of Titus O'Neil and Goldberg uh, for some reason blocked me. But um, the other ones have blocked me. I understand why, but not those two. And, and so I actually believe this is somewhat right. And some of it, Patrick, has to do with what you were talking about, the statement put out by WWE. I think they knew that this would cause a stir on the internet, right? I think they knew that. And majority of wrestling news, as I've indicated before, that's not made up. 
that actually come from a source within the company typically comes from talent. And you can tell who a lot of that talent is with how they act, where they podcast or whatever, when they leave the company. Okay. Um, a lot of the people who were spreading news and, and rumors in the past have been the likes of, uh, FTR, who I love, but FTR were, were news spreaders, uh, specifically to Fightful. Rob Van Dam was a known news spreader to Dave Meltzer in the past when he was with the company. And, and, um, and that's why a lot of people get released is because they're kind of caught in that and, and, and they're figured, well, we don't need these people so much or releasing people. Let's go ahead and, and plug up this leak while we're doing all of that. So I do believe that's why WB did it because they knew this information would get out and knew this information would get in front of them. Um, updates came out later in the day about how this was building over some time. And I assume that from the beginning. I don't think you do this on a one-off episode of Raw because you don't like the way it's booked. And of course, it was reported at one point that Naomi was going to pin Sasha, but then later that was refuted to be no, they weren't actually going to interact physically in the match at all. Um and, and it's been reported that the end game of this was Naomi and Sasha each challenging one of the women, you know, the opposite women's champions on Raw and SmackDown at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I'm okay with that. Uh, those are spotlight matches for both Naomi and Sasha Banks. And, um, and, and those are great opportunities and would be great matches for the fans. Naomi and Bianca Belair would put on a great match. We've seen Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks. We know they can put on a great match. So I don't have a problem there. So I do firmly believe a lot of this comes down to the women's tag team championships for two reasons. Number one, they left them with John Laurinaitis when they left reportedly. Um, and number two, those titles exist due to the constant requests of Sasha Banks and Bailey. They begged for those titles to exist. So I think Sasha Banks in particular holds the women's tag team championships in WWE in a higher regard than basically anybody else within the company, except for maybe others who have held those titles because they were the first ones to hold it, Sasha Banks and, and Bayley. And of course they lost it very quickly after at WrestleMania 35. And then that led to issues where Sasha Banks, you know, took some time away from the company. But when she came back, it was a big deal. And she was a big deal, and it all kind of worked out. She eventually got to main event, one of the nights of WrestleMania, and and you know, and, and being put in this position with Naomi was something that was a little abrupt when it happened, but they really made it work, and they got it over, and I thought they were great with the tag team titles. So I do believe this is fairly accurate, what we're reading. It's never 100% accurate, but I think this is more accurate than most. And the, the reasons why, again, are because neither Sasha Banks nor Naomi have refuted anything. And the WWE did put out a legit statement where they talk about how this is a scripted show and all of that. And Patrick, a big reason why I think they did that is because they walked out after Raw started, after commentary and graphics and everything it indicated about the six participants in the main event, of which they were two. And so for me, WWE doesn't like having to not deliver on an advertised match unless they plan to not deliver an advertised match. And, and that puts them in a situation where they're going to do that. Furthermore, I also believe that by saying what they said in that statement about how it's scripted, about how they were expected to deliver on the main event, they had eight hours to plan for the match and structure it in a way that they would find pleasing, whatever. Now you have grounds if you ever want to hold them in breach of contract. 
And and for me, I don't know if that means to get rid of them or if that means to tie them up for even longer. Some people seem to think that tonight on Dynamite, tonight being Wednesday when you listen to this show, Sasha Banks is going to be the Joker in the Owen Hart Invitational. Uh, if that were to happen, there would be quite the issues that would take place. Um, I saw a very funny tweet today that says, WWE needs Sasha Banks more than Sasha Banks needs WWE. Despite all of the massive success that Sasha Banks has had in her career, in and outside of WWE, that statement is um, delusional and irresponsible at best. Like To say that WWE, there's no one right now, aside of maybe Roman Reigns, that, that WWE needs more than they need WWE. And Sasha Banks and everything she's accomplished outside of the company is because of the profile created for her within WWE. Could she leave and be highly successful and sell a million t-shirts on pro wrestling tees and do lots of great things? Of course she could. But that's because of what she's established in WWE. Um, some stuff that isn't, didn't come up that you guys didn't bring up that I thought of with this. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi are not Stone Cold Steve Austin who we know famously walked out of WWE because he did not want to put over Brock Lesnar in a one-off match that had no build on television. That was a King of the Ring qualifying match. He did not want to do that. He ended up walking out of the company. They are not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Despite being high-profile stars, they are not Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, I do believe on a smaller scale they can get away with this for a few reasons. Sasha Banks is a megastar. Bigger than I think some people are giving her credit for right now in the situation. She has main event at WrestleMania. She was a part of the Mandalorian series on Disney+. Plus. She's done a lot of great things. She probably has more mainstream media uh, attention ahead of her in her lifetime that could further go back and, and benefit WWE. Possibly could go on and be the the you know at least for in in our generation um the highest profile mainstream success of any woman coming out of WWE i could see that being the case naomi for obvious different reasons she is married to one of the usos therefore is linked to the bloodline and can get away with something like this at least in the short term so i do think some of this will blow over i really do believe it has more to do with the women's tag team championships than anything They want to be treated like champions in the company. They see what's going on with the men's championships. It's essentially the main event program in the company right now, which should make Patrick O'Dowd very happy that the company is basically focusing on the two tag titles of the two brands over everything else right now. And how often does that ever happen? And when will it ever happen again? Whereas the women's tag team championships are largely an afterthought on a makeshift tag team that has done a remarkably good job in making that work. I think what will happen in the long run is that we won't see them for a few weeks. They'll return. They'll get some high profile title defenses. They'll drop the titles. Naomi will join the bloodline. Sasha Banks will go on to have a major program with somebody. And I won't say this will be forgotten, but it'll be largely a footnote as opposed to what it is now. I do believe this is going to blow over and, and, and we'll be, we'll be fine in the long run. Um, but yeah, I really do think the crux of this and the major points are that I believe the reports. I think they're as close to accurate as, as wrestling news typically is. Um, and I do believe this has almost everything to do with the, the title situation. There was a late report today that it's also a contractual issue. I, my gut instinct is that they're mixing the 
potential breach of contract wording that was put into WWE statement with the contracts of the two performers. And, and somehow someone ran with that. I doubt there's a contractual issue. I bet Sasha Banks is higher on the pay scale than people think. We know and it gets reported when certain people resign with the company, but I bet we don't know all of them. I bet somewhere along the way, Charlotte Flair signed a new deal. Somewhere along the way, Sasha Banks has signed a new deal. Becky Lynch has signed a new deal. And we don't have any of the details on those. Um, we're not going to get details on everybody's new contract. Of course, we just had the reports that Roman might have re-upped and signed a brand new deal just in the past couple of weeks. So who knows? I don't believe this is contractual. I really think it has a lot to do with the fact that they expected to be booked a certain way when the company, quote unquote, saddled them with being in a tag team that, while has history as Team Bad, did not have any recent history or really any reason to be together other than that. And they've made it work. And they've made it work admirably and probably better than anybody should have expected. Um, and their reward for doing so is to be used in singles matches and, and in ways that don't elevate the tag team titles. And and personally, I give them a little bit of credit for that. I give them a little bit of credit for advocating for what they want, for advocating for the tag team titles. And they even were advocating for Dewdrop and, and Nikki Ash, if you believe some of what's been what's been reported as well. So I don't think this is going to end up with them leaving the company. I really don't. Um because if it would have, I think it already would have happened today, to be honest with you. I think WWE would have released them already. Um, I just think they're too high profile of stars. They knew that. Um, what I did find interesting is the reports that they met with Vince McMahon multiple times. And then they gave the belt to John Laurinaitis. So to me, that's a little, I hate using this word, but it's a little cowardish if you think about it. Like, You'll state your case and have your arguments with Vince McMahon. Then when you get mad and decide to leave, you don't tell Vince that. You tell John Laurinaitis that. You wanted to, to, you know, took the easy way out, you know, to, to, to go to a real world situation and, and, and where my life, you sent an email resigning from your job and then just left. Um, versus actually having a face to face conversation with somebody or I don't know, giving proper notice. So to me, that's really, the only criticism I have of them is they went the cowardly route in the end. And if you're going to go and you're going to argue with Vince McMahon and you're going to tout your situation with Vince McMahon, finish the job with Vince McMahon. That's, that's really all, all I will say. Um, it's been, you know, even Bruce Pritchard has talked about how people will go into Vince's office with this idea in their head of what they're going to do. And then Vince has this like magic way of, Making you feel good about the situation Vince wants when you leave the office. So maybe that was part of the reason why they avoided it. Who knows? Um, so that's kind of where I think it is. It, it's weird. I think it's largely accurate, but I also think it's not going to be a huge deal in the long run. Um, I'll be interested to see how long this, this carries. Some wrestling news doesn't last very long. Other wrestling news does. And I'll be interested to see how long this stuff lasts. What do you guys think? You think this is something that we're going to be talking about for weeks and months? Or do you think this is going to be something we're talking about for days? Who do you want to go first? Um, Patrick. Okay. So I think days. I I don't think this is going to go months and months and months at all. Miranda, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the ripple effect of this will be 
there for a while. I mean, I think this is a story that we'll we'll talk about again sometime this year. Um, not exactly sure what that means for them exactly, uh, but I do see this being, you know, possibly the start of something more where, you know, either more people become more vocal about this, whether, you know, especially think about the return, you know, when they get back into the ring, you know, the fan reaction, I think it's definitely going to have a ripple effect on both of, for both of them. Um, But as far as, you know, I see this being news of the week um, right now, but I could also see this, you know, depending on on how things go, this will, you know, play out long term in pretty interesting ways. Yeah, it it is very interesting. I think that's something that I'm not even giving enough credit to. Um, The company also knows that all the talent's watching. So they know the talent's going to want to see what the company does and how the company reacts to this because it's going to set a precedent for people moving forward. No mm-hmm. one's really done this that we know of anyway since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, there was a tweet like, oh, one of these is so amazing if you ever heard about it. Like, I feel like that's just a news person trying to seem special. Um, I just really think that the company is going to take this in a certain direction and make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's something that um, I think will be interesting. It was also reported that the report that we read, there was information set up on the internal talent relations app that goes to all talents. I have a feeling once they did that, they probably realized we better put out a statement because anything before that they've sent out via the talent relations app has gotten out to the news media as well. So I do think this is the first time WWE also someone said at some point, someone said the next time something happens, we're going to do this. And this was the next time that something happened. I don't think their decision to put out the the statement they did was an immediate decision that they decided to do that day. I think somewhere down the road, they realized this is going to be our strategy moving forward. And Monday was the first time they've had to implement that strategy. Maybe it's been in place for a few months. Maybe it's in place for a year. Who knows? But somewhere amongst all the craziness that's happened with all the releases with everything over the past two years, they decided to take a new approach to dealing with stuff like this. And this is the first time stuff like this happened. So there we go. So that is the first of our topics. You know where we all stand on Sasha Banks and Naomi. Um... So it's t-shirt time, so that's going to be fun and interesting because, well, we all know what I have to do for t-shirt time, but what is that going to mean for the person who has to then sell the t-shirts who can't hear? Exactly. Again, this is just getting gaslit. You know, how can I do my job in selling t-shirts if I Really trying to shoehorn gaslighting into this and you don't really need to. Right, because, see, now that's gaslighting right there. (laughs) Like, that's, that's actually gaslighting. He's not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm also not wrong, which is just more gaslighting. Yes, it's true. You're going to be. We, I could do a whole show on the concept of gaslighting and the fact right. that 50% of the time I think is truly gaslighting. 50% of the time I think we're leaning on the phrase gaslighting because you can't say somebody's wrong when they say you're gaslighting because then you're gaslighting. So, Correct. Yeah. All those things are, are true, but really now you're just avoiding what I think you are trying to do. And gaslight us. This is, I mean, the, the the whole premise of this is that apparently everyone else can hear things that we can't hear. Yeah. 
I hope. How there's a very good possibility that when this gets released, there's just going to be dead points in the show where sound bites are playing. I did run the test that you guys even were able to hear. So my, my hope and my good instinct is that that will be the case. But anyway, you tell me what to do. I'm going to do the usual thing I do when I wind it up. Okay. And you'll remember, that ends with me pointing at you. So you'll know when it's time to sell some T-shirts. All right. Well, here goes nothing. Indeed. Greg, go ahead and wind it up. It's time! It is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. When you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a ton of awesome t-shirt designs all in support of thechairshot.com. That includes some pretty new t-shirts, including the Nefarious Means t-shirt, as well as the chair shot linear shirt. And of course, some of your favorites like the unofficial official shirt of Patrick O'Dowd with hashtag save tag team wrestling, the queen of soft style shirt, and everybody hates Greg. That and much more like multiple always use your head t-shirts, the hashtag journalism t-shirt that you know is available in nine different colors, uh, the chair shot mascot, chair shot 316, chair shot corona, chair shot worldwide, and much, much more at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And don't forget, t-shirts start at $19.99, but if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can order any t-shirt in soft style right for you, looking fresh, feeling fresh with your brand new chair shot t-shirt. So what are you waiting for? Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot today. That is prowrestlingtees.com dot com forward slash the chair shot prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed subscription required individual results may vary additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com read all warnings before using glp1s side effects may include a risk of thyroid c-cell tumors do not use glp1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer if you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope did you know you can now access glp1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So you don't know this because you can't hear the sound bites, but you nailed the starting the commercial at the end of the it's time probably better than you have some weeks when you can hear it. So it was, yeah, it, it, it worked out like, like people, if we didn't tell people you can't hear the sound bites, they would have had no clue the way you seamlessly went from it's time right into the com forward slash the chair shots. Uh, Nailed that's it. because I'm a professional, Greg. That's why. So now suddenly not being gaslit. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Just yeah, wanted to make sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I've really had to overcome a lot of yes, gaslitness in order to. Gaslitness. Yeah, yeah. Now we have a gas litmus test, and she scored. I, I don't know. Do, do we really need to have these woke politics going through this show right now? I, you know how I feel about that. So, no. I was going to say, said the man that I think is way more woke. You're much more of an advocate for. No, for... no, no, no I don't push woke politics. No, thank you. That's true. <laughs> he does not. He doesn't. At least not on this show. And rarely when he does. Yeah. Will he take the opportunity every now and then? Yes. Does he do it all the time? Not at all. And Patrick Adele will get no. to go first on this topic, which is makes perfect sense for him to get to go first on this topic. So topic number two, what should Greg say? What will Greg say? Eric Bischoff believes that AEW needs to book in a way that attracts new fans, while the opposite end of the argument, typically done by Conrad Thompson, believes that AEW is more attracted to TV networks by booking to the hardcore fans. Bit of a loaded topic, Patrick Dowd. What should I say? What will I say? I'm actually going to go with the what will you say first. I'm going to pull a Miranda and break all the rules. I think you're going to argue that they're both wrong, uh, um, oddly enough, because, one, we we had a back and forth about Conrad's opinion on, on building television revenue and just how Conrad has no clue or his arguments and his comparisons really show how little he knows about building television ad revenue for TNT. And, and so the argument that, that Conrad may, makes about appealing to a hard, a core audience doesn't work. However, you've also long said repeatedly that AEW doesn't really care to program towards anyone other than their core audience in the way that they book. And so while I think that you would argue if AEW truly wanted to expand itself, that Eric is correct, they don't because their history has shown that they don't. And therefore, 
Uh, I think that your your argument is basically going to be kind of a, while you agree with Eric in principle, he's still kind of wrong when it comes to AEW because it's not how they like they they really want to book. They haven't shown that they want to book any other way than to this hardcore audience. And we both have talked repeatedly outside of this program about how ridiculous Conrad Thompson, uh, his argument for ad revenue um, and, and selling advertising on a network television show comes when it's compared to selling your local mortgage commercials on your own podcasting network that you own. Um, for me personally, I actually kind of land, I land with Eric in the idea that if, if AEW and folks like if AEW sees itself as a competitor to the WWE and not an alternative. And I think those are different different i think aew is an alternative to the wwe i do not think they are a competitor with the wwe i think if they want to be a competitor with the wwe then eric bischoff is right that and we just did an episode what just two shows ago greg and i you and i where we talked about how we're not like we're not fans of that brand of, of of wrestling anymore and so while greg may watch aew I don't. I've tried. I can't. Um, it just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't work for me. And AEW is okay with not having my business. And I think that that's the thing that uh, I think Eric might be missing with AEW. And I completely agree with Craig's assessment in, in terms of Conrad and his opinions on advertising towards a core audience. Like that only gets you so far. And that that's it's just a, it's ludicrous. If you've listened to now two podcasts where Connor has tried to make this argument, it's dumb. Um, I don't I, I don't really have much more to say than that. It's it's just a very not seeing the forest for the tree sort of argument. It's very much a I'm looking at this one tree that works for me in my one situation, and not really what works in network television. Some very, very good points that we will get to. I do love the fact how you agreed with an opinion that I haven't shared on the air yet. That was my favorite part. Of all that. But don't care. Hey, okay. I, I, you did accurately describe the opinion that I've shared with you privately, though, so I'm on board 100%. Miranda, just to restate the statement, Eric yes. Bischoff believes AEW needs to book in a way that attracts new fans, whereas Conrad Thompson supports the side that believes they're more attractive to TV networks by built by booking to the hardcore fan base. What should I say? What will I say? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, so I think is what what you, I don't know, maybe something that you will say, and we've talked about this on air, so I'm going to flip this, but it's more with independent wrestling, which I don't know if this, this ideal does gel with it, but I think in some ways it does. It's knowing who you are. And as much as, you know, there's a fan base and, and, We've all hit AEW for the fact that they are very specific and niche in their fan base. They know who they are in some ways. And that's how they're trying to build that identity. I do feel like other things that you'll bring up is the inevitable, you know, day that WWE buys out AEW because they have no money, because they haven't been able to create a broader share of revenue because they are too focused on these smaller fan bases and in order to generate the millions of dollars needed to sustain things like having 
you know, uh, touring and all these contracts and a television, you know, support. You need to be able to make money, which is something that they're not really doing right now. So, you know, to to be able to do that is more in alignment with what I think Eric Bischoff is saying than than Conrad. Um, and I and I I guess as far what you should say, I think is in that too. I mean, like it just it makes good business to be able to have a wider reach and a broader audience and maybe not in the same ways that WWE is. And to Patrick's point, you know, I believe that they truly are an alternative, whether that competitor feel comes out, you know, I think it depends on the day that Tony Khan is, you know, either tweeting something, he's on something, you know, uh, on some kind of podcast and what he feels like saying that day, because I do feel like part of what their branding is, has been to build, you know, that they are a competitor and an alternative. Um, and if that's part of their brand, okay. But then you, that sets them up to put themselves in a bigger place than what they're ready for. So, I, I mean, just long-term in order to sustain themselves, to get the bigger contracts, to get the visibility, to get the revenue they need to be here 10 years from now, they need to look at business in a broader sense instead of such of a niche So, some very good points made by all. Um, for starters, I'll address the Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson side of things because it's a very interesting perspective that I have on it. Eric Bischoff is right, but he's not right yet. Eric Bischoff is right two years from now. However, Conrad Thompson's argument will never be right. Conrad Thompson's argument is stupid and hearing him on this week's edition of 83 weeks made him sound even more stupid because he's just like, he can't even counteract the things that Eric is saying with facts or even a convincing opinion. So he just goes with Eric. I thought you were going to be positive. Eric, why? Like he literally sounds like a petulant man child the way he's criticizing the things that Eric Bischoff is saying while Eric is making valid points whether or not someone agrees with his opinion, they make valid points. Here's what I think. AEW is only three years old. And we can't expect them to be attracting brand new fans hand over fist at year three. It really takes time to establish that. They're still establishing what they are. And they're still figuring out who they are. They're a very different product now than they were three years ago. And three years ago, they weren't signing up all this indie talent and having loaded episodes of dark with, you know, all these people on the roster three years ago, there wasn't this mass exodus of talent from WWE, both the talents, talents doing, but mostly WWE's doing that caused these people to be available to Tony Khan to make him suddenly be like, you know, kid on a shopping spree and, and just picking up all this talent. And, and, you know, you send a kid on a shopping spree to a toy store within a month, those toys are sitting in his room, never played with. That's kind of like the talent that AEW has picked up from WWE along the way. Who is, have we really seen much out of Tony Storm since you came in? Ruby Soho finally had a match on TV again. Like all these different things that have taken place that are just like, you, you bought this talent cause you could, but then you didn't do anything with them. Right. It's like someone who collects cars and never drives them. That's fine if you're collecting cars, but you're not collecting cars. You're booking a wrestling show and, and putting it on there. I do think eventually AEW needs to focus on building newer fans, but I don't think they have to do it yet. And I think that's, that's the thing. Like they're 
in a position to where they can focus on their fan base and and that's fine. Conrad's argument that's like, well, you can go to an advertiser and point out how they sold out the United Center in 40 minutes. Well, I don't think the advertiser cares about selling out the United Center in 40 minutes when the advertiser has TV data to know where they fall in the rankings each and every week. Like you're, you're not trying to convince somebody to, of, of viability on TV by ignoring how they do on TV because they are currently, if they weren't on TV yet, then I could see that being a valid argument. Conrad trying to, to equate selling advertising for a mortgage company in, in Huntsville, Alabama to putting a major product on network television and cable network television is kind of, you know, the false equivalency. And, and that's him just trying to make his argument sound better. And that doesn't work. Then he falls on the, Eric, I thought you were going to be positive side of the argument that he kept doing that made him sound so stupid. Um, so here's where, where I'm at with that. I think sometimes we're unfair to AW. And I think sometimes we use the, you need to grow new fans argument to support our opinions, kind of like the AEW fans do when they try to say that WWE sucks. By and large, Conrad Thompson is watching AEW every week, like most of the IWC does, looking for things to like, and then looking for reasons to support the things he likes. I think Eric Bischoff sits down and watches the AEW, just like he sits down and watches WWE, to watch it and then decide how he feels. And that's the rarest form of fan out there right now. Most fans sit down saying, I'm going to watch AEW. Let's see what there is to like. I'm going to watch WWE. Let's see what there is to hate or vice versa. Eric Bischoff is the rarity. Like, like I think we would be where he sits down and says, let's see what this show has to offer. And then I'll make my decision on whether or not I like it. I will say this though, in support of what Eric Bischoff is saying. And, and, and there are some short term things that I do think AEW needs to start thinking about. I watched Raw from beginning to end last night. I just fast-forwarded through the commercials, basically. And had I not been following WWE's product, I would have been fine. You can tune in and tune out, and they design the show in a way that if you haven't been watching, it's okay. With video packages, with commentary, with everything, they will tell you the stories you need to know to feel like you're not left in the cold. I have seen people tune into an episode of Dynamite and then go on social media. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And you will see fans of AEW reply with like, well, you have to watch BTE to know this. And you have to watch Dark to know this. And weren't you following New Japan when this happened? That's why this happened on the show. And it's like, they're not built for anybody to just tune in out of nowhere. And and that's where I think wrestling fans turn over on both shows. I don't think they're maintaining any of the people that randomly tune into Dynamite because they're clueless as to what's going on. I guarantee you fans have tuned into Dynamite to see what's going on with CM Punk, to see what's going on with Daniel Bryan Danielson, and anybody else they might be interested in, and tuned out because they have no freaking clue what's going on, and AEW didn't help them figure out what's going on. WWE is basically, an episode of WWE is almost like watching WWE for dummies. Don't worry that you don't know what's going on, because we're going to tell you. Whereas you've tuned into AEW, and they're their own gatekeeper. They're like, why don't you know what's going on? You should know what's going on. You should have been following this all along. And that, I think, is their biggest mistake. And that, I think, is the side where Eric Bischoff talked, where I think you can actually lend some credence to what AEW needs to do right now. They need to do a better job of building and promoting an episode to where you understand as a fan if you if you haven't been watching for the past three years. Also, people like to focus on the fact that Tony Khan has won Booker of the Year several times. 
by the, you know, Dave Meltzer and, and the Wrestling Observer newsletter year end awards. And on this program, only Miranda Morales can vote in because she has her account on the Wrestling Observer news boards. Um, Tony Khan is a booker. Tony Khan is not a producer of television. And that is a big problem. Tony Khan basically announces matches on Twitter and then puts them on for dynamite with very little storyline actually taking place other than the matches taking place, which works if you're the UFC, which works if you're pro wrestling gorilla that will literally tell you at noon tickets for this event go on sale in two weeks. And then every half hour for the next four hours announce every single match is going to take place in that event. And that's all they got to do because then they're going to sell out the globe theater in Los Angeles and be happy. Go lucky wrestling company. They're not producing weekly content for TBS. And and WWE is weekly episodic television. AEW is weekly indie, super indie wrestling show. And that has a ceiling. And that has a, a major ceiling. What you if you could see what we see right now, you would see Seth Rollins in the background of Patrick O'Dowd's Skype board as an o- larger-than-life, over-the-top character with a loud jacket, loud sunglasses, gloves in front of the WrestleMania logo. That doesn't happen in AEW. That right there is a difference between larger-than-life storytelling and what we get over on the Turner Network channels. So I do think Eric Bischoff is right. I just think he's trying to make that argument too soon. And in, in the lifespan, the life cycle of AEW, my concern is two years from now, we're going to be in the same place. The only difference is going to be the spikes will get higher, but the lows will get lower for AEW and, and they'll struggle with, with what they're doing. Um, they're just, there's a lot of antiquated things they're relying on. They're still relying on pay-per-view revenue. Even the UFC is, is, is even their pay-per-views now are distributed through a streaming platform with ESPN+. WB, of course, has gone full-on Peacock Network and all of that. If you don't watch AEW Live and you haven't DVR'd it, you can't see it. There's no streaming option. I can go to Hulu and watch Raw. I can go to my YouTube TV and watch Raw. I can see it on the network a few weeks later. I can watch NXT the next day. Like, even if... <laughs> AEW can just open up a subscription service on YouTube and make money off of it and probably do fairly well. They're just really married to this idea of the cable television model because it worked 25 years ago and revolutionized the business 25 years ago. And the guy who was championing all that stuff was Cody Rhodes three years ago in AEW launch. He now works for WWE because he probably realized, oh, wow, this business really has changed. And... And I'm going to go over here now. And I realize that I changed with the business. Well, AEW is just waiting for their HBO Max deal, right? Isn't that what's happening? Well, that's, again, five years down the road at best. So, That's the joke. But it's true. There are fans that think that. I don't know if AEW really thinks that. They probably do. There are fans who literally think they're going to be on HBO Max. When Bleacher Report is sitting right there as a streaming platform for them, that would make way better sense. All right, seeing none, we will move on. Actually, we'll play another commercial, which you guys won't be able to hear, which means it'd be really fun. I wonder if Miranda can place the buzzer where the buzzer is supposed to go. Uh, Probably not. Probably not. You're right. But we will do commercial break number two anyway. Come back with point number three. Maybe if the soundbite plays. My, my, My 
I thought we were going to freeze up and lose things. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Was this a reaction where you can suddenly actually hear the sound bites? So whatever freezing weird stuff my computer did, now suddenly everything works? Kind of. Just for those few moments, and then it went away. Oh, so like during the commercial break, it kind of faded away. Correct. All right. Well, it doesn't matter to the listener. Last of these topics that we'll do here on this show. Um, what should Greg say and what will Greg say about, and we'll start with Miranda again, the fact that WWE has elected to move the tag team title unification from the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view premium live event to this week's upcoming episode of SmackDown. Honestly, I don't I oh, this is hard because in full disclosure, I truly I don't care. Um and I mean this so in just maybe, a way So what Greg say yeah, should maybe, say is I don't care. Greg shouldn't care. Yeah, maybe maybe he shouldn't care. I don't I don't know. I mean I I know there's been a lot about this particular storyline and all of that. I mean I think is to to you know, maybe you should say if, if they don't know what they're doing with it right now, then just don't do it at all. I don't know, just just wait until you, you figure it out. Maybe what you will say is, you know, just, you know, a good ploy to get some viewership up for SmackDown, um, somewhere longer story, you know, long term storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this it, this one is hard because I, I this one, this storyline particular is something I'm not invested in. And I know that in seeing what's online, of course, people are upset about, you know, uh, them changing their minds, you know, throwing away the script. Uh, people concerned about, you know, the Usos uh, being these undisputed tag champions and what they're going to do next, all of that. You know, it's, it's my thoughts are really all over the place with this. So I I can't really say for sure how you're going to react to it. I'm sure Patrick will have a much, much better sense than I do. All right, Patrick. Oh. Now Patrick cannot be heard. Yeah, we can't hear you. That's because I had the volume turned down on my microphone. As I was saying, you should be outraged, Greg, that these titles are not being unified on a premium live event. That they have been reduced to SmackDown. That's right, SmackDown. It is a crime against storytelling and a Rhyme against the tag team title belts. Save tag team wrestling. We beg you, please. What you're going to say is that the WWE has long since moved past the pay-per-view premium live events, particularly these premium live events as these like necessary touchstone locations for a match such as 
a tag team unification title match. It's been the primary storyline, as you mentioned earlier in the show, for the last month, the the RK bro, Uso slash, um, you know, all of that. Uh, and so what, like, it, it doesn't hurt anything to be on SmackDown really as the as the finishing you know as a main event and who knows that we're even seeing the end result of said event like i think that that this seems to be the logical conclusion to this to this storyline but it might not be and so maybe you still do get something on your hell in the cell premium live event do we do do, do we need something to take them to the cell and maybe that's what we're getting here on smackdown but i don't think that your this event and so this is just kind of where it got moved and that it's it's okay. So I'm going to kind of work backwards just a little bit. Point number one is what you said at the very end of your statement, and it's 100% true and how I'm going to feel. It is okay. It is completely okay that we have moved this match, this unification match from WrestleMania Backlash, which everyone's all mad. It's Backlash. Backlash? Exactly. I was, backlash. We don't even need the sound bite to have Patrick and I be like, Backlash? Um, I just think that when they started this angle for the unification of the tag team titles, my gut instinct is that it got over more than they even thought it would. And they realized, oh, like we can stretch this thing out. We can we can get more out of this than we even thought. Because I think the plan would be unify the titles, get to Roman versus Riddle, Roman versus Randy, let's, let's involve those, and then Roman versus Drew, like it's all going to happen. Here's the other thing about WrestleMania Backlash. That was the best match on the show. That was a fan. That was like a kick-ass house show main event that people are leaving the house show like, oh my god, that was amazing. And, and that was better than that was the best match on the, the event. Featured six matches. Four of them were rematches from WrestleMania. Interesting, they did all four of those rematches from WrestleMania first. Then two storylines that came out of WrestleMania. I'm sure that's not why they did that order, but that's just how it kind of worked out. I am firmly believing that um, it's it, they, they get more out of it than they really thought, and they realize that a tag team title situation can, in fact, headline their storytelling over a certain period of time. Um, it's done wonders for Riddle and, and what he's been able to do and, and really starting to put him in position to be a megastar, which I firmly believe is going to happen. And, and get him to the point where he, he can go and, and he could, you know, potentially be a, a Royal Rumble winner in WrestleMania main event level talent, like a Bianca Belair, like others who have ascended to that level within the company that aren't at the megastar level yet, like Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and them, but they're right there. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Look at Kevin Owens. Look at stars like that. Matt Riddle could easily at this point slide into there and, and years from now he will tell us how much of that he owes to randy orton that's that's something that i will see happen the other thing that i don't think wb gets enough credit for and because why give wb credit right it's wb they have done a really good job balancing premium live events with the need to put important things on television their primary source of revenue their biggest source of revenue right now is the SmackDown TV deal followed by the Raw TV deal with USA Network, then probably followed by the Peacock deal. So you got to put important things on SmackDown and important things on Raw. 
Whereas maybe that is, is the reason that the premium live events suffer. Since the move to Peacock, none of the premium live events, save for the, you know, WrestleManias and the big four are quote unquote loaded. We didn't see the raw women's title picture on, on the premium live event. We didn't see the United States championship or the intercontinental championship on WrestleMania backlash. Those are all playing out on television. Right now, theory, the United States champion is being used to tell a story with um, Mustafa Ali and Veer and The Miz. Like, think about that for a second. Now, six months ago, did we think a a story on a Raw would be Austin Theory, Mustafa Ali, The Miz, and Veer Mahan? No, we wouldn't have. But yet here we are. Uh, and, And lots of people are getting elevated thanks to it. It is a TV product first. And will long be a TV product. And that's why it's okay with what they did. Um, to go back to what Miranda said. Changing in midstream does show a little bit of a lack of foresight. And a little bit of a lack of planning. Um, but. And if the end. And if the end sucked. I think we could give them some criticism. But to me the end sort of ended up justifying the means. Because what we got was really good. And what we continue to get is even better. They did it. They went so far as to do a contract signing. For WrestleMania Backlash. And then the week later. Reverse course and went to a six man tag team match. Like. So obviously they changed. They, they, when they did that contract signing. I'm pretty sure that was going to be the match for Backlash. And then they changed their mind. After that. So that's a little bit weird. And something they, that they could deserve a little bit of criticism for. But again, in the end, it all worked out. Do I think we should get to see Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura and pay that off, which I've already teased? Sure, I do. I think it would be a great match. Anybody with Roman Reigns right now is a great match. Um, but I also think that, as Patrick was talking about earlier, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I do think it deserves some some praise, the tag titles have never been hotter in all of WWE. And as a fan of tag team wrestling... I can't fault whether it's a happy accident, whether it's an unforeseen circumstance or whatever. All of these things that we could easily criticize got us to the point where the hottest story in the company is over the tag team titles. And I'm on board with that firmly 100% where, where I feel about it. So at the end result, it's okay. It's not a huge deal. It was just WrestleMania backlash. The match that replaced it was was an insanely good match. WrestleMania Backlash itself was a very, very good event. And some of the best stuff that we've seen on television involves the Usos, RK-Bro, Roman Reigns, with a little bit of Drew McIntyre and even Sami Zayn mixed in. So I am 100% on board with all of that. And with that, that brings us to... That's the end of our third topic, and timeline-wise, on the program, we are sitting at, ooh, an hour and seven minutes. So I think we're good. I think we're good with three topics. I didn't. Thankfully, we haven't told anybody what the other two are, so they don't know what they're missing out on. But that will wrap things up on the self-serving, what should Greg say, what will Greg say edition of The Greg DeMarco Show. Of course... If you want to head over to the Twitter machine, you can follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no Y in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. And there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick, I know normally we'll throw it to you for a little bit of what's going on on Bandwagon Nerds. But why don't we tell people what's going on on Hockey Talk right now for the Chair Shot (laughs) Radio Network? Because it's prime season. It was, and uh, or it is, 
playoff hockey first round is uh, in the and you got Dave and I predicting five game sevens and airing the episode after those five game sevens have happened. So you can find out how right or wrong we were about those, those games. Really that podcast should have dropped on the day we recorded it. Uh, and, and as Greg gave me a hard time when I asked about scheduling changes earlier today, he's, he's, he's right. But it was my birthday weekend and I was really busy closing a university at the time. So fuck you and your criticism, sir. The criticism that you just said were right. <laughs> I can begrudgingly be right and still be miffed about it. Like that, 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 that is true. I, I, I can own that. You could, we could even honestly put that show on Sunday night. You probably should. We recorded on Saturday. For God, I love yeah, you. Could put it on Sunday night. You could put it on Saturday night. There's other things I can move around. We have tons of flexibility, especially weekend right now. So, moving forward, tune into Hockey Talk Saturday night on the Chairshot Radio Network, and that's where I should. Live. I should check with Dave on that first, but yeah. Okay, you oh, can he can upload just, the file. You can post fine. that. Yeah, whatever. This is shop talk. We're talking. We're talking shop. You can all, post all, it. We always. This is the shop. This is the talking shop portion of the program. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook, but not on the Twitter because she's a Twitterless heroine. At the hashtag Miranda Miranda spelled out. Of course, after this program, you can hear the hashtag Miranda show. Hashtag Miranda yourself. What? Uh, what are we in for? What am I in for? What's the world in for? Uh, you know, I think uh, we're going to uh, take some of the topics that you had mentioned that we didn't get the chance to talk about, um, which revolve around wrestling Twitter. Is it good, bad, evil, not so evil? Uh, we'll talk more about that as well as a very interesting concept about women's wrestling and their role within the larger scape of professional wrestling uh and the way that i'm interpreting you this this particular topic is you know do all women promotions still strive to help with the larger goal of women's wrestling or is there still a need for women and men to be in shows and part of promotions together that's how i interpreted that i'm not sure if that was how it was supposed to be interpreted but that's how i read it it's not, but that's okay. That's a very interesting perspective, and we can explore that uh, as well. No, I'm more, they're on the same show, and we have separate divisions, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, but it's all going to make for good podcasting and enjoyable things for people to listen to. So tune in to the Hashtag Miranda Show to find out about that and so much more. Hey, while you're out there following people, you can follow me at Chairshot Greg. You can follow the website at Chairshot Media. Of course, this show's home is thechairshot.com full of news, analysis, opinions, coverage, so much more, plus plenty of things outside of the world of, of sports entertainment because it is sports, it is entertainment, it is sports entertainment. It's thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. So we're going to wrap things up. I don't normally talk about this on the Greg DeMarco Show, but I will just because of the way things are going right now. Uh, if you're local, if you're in the state of Arizona and you're listening to this and you like independent wrestling, boy, there's, as Patrick O'Dowd would say, boy, howdy, there's a lot of it going on right now. When the business goes well, so does our business go well. If you have been a part of IZW events in the past, or if you want to be a part of IZW events in the past, I would encourage you to maybe think about 
getting your tickets sooner than later. The last event was a sellout and then some. We packed as many people in as we could. This event that's coming up on August 27th called Psycho Circus is currently tickets are selling at the same level tickets were selling back when we were the only thing running during COVID. Whereas previously tickets were selling at a rate a little bit slower because there's so much more to do. But now for some crazy reason, three and a half months ahead of the date, we'd, we'd on, on Monday night, the last day of the pre-sale, uh, we had our biggest non-show day sale day ever. Like it was just insane how much went on, on this one day. Like I was really surprised. I had to, we were in a show where we used to talk more about those events. Um, lots of good stuff going on locally. And even if you're not local, right? No, no matter where you are, that's usually the reminder that Miranda gives on the hashtag Miranda show, but it is so important. Go find some indie wrestling. If you're a fan and you watch TV wrestling, or if you go to TV wrestling, events of the tv companies and you're sitting far away from the ring and even if you've got a good view there's just something about independent wrestling and and obviously i'm biased but we're all of independent wrestling and we've all been involved with it in some form you know shape or form just go check it out it's not expensive it's it's gonna be a fun time just just go and and allow yourself to to get rid of some of the preconceived notions you have. And if you don't know anything about your local indie, that's probably even better because now you're going to go and, and you can just go and find out because you don't know if you like it or don't like it when you show up and you can actually go and enjoy it. So go out there, support some independent wrestling because it's really one of the coolest things going right now. And, and we'd love for you to have an opportunity to enjoy that in the same way that we enjoy that. So for Patrick O'Dowd, for Miranda Morales, my name is Greg DeMarco, encouraging you to tune in next week when we do even more of this, but also to always use your head. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.